Hey everybody, you've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. And this is Josh. It is Tuesday, January 3rd. <laughs> oh man. 2023. Didn't even think about it. Even though last week, of course, was on time and we didn't do two in a row. Never. If that's what you think. But yeah, no, that's weird. We 2023, we did it. It's the thing that all old people talk about. But I think especially if you've lived through a turning of the century, mm-hmm. like we were all kids remembering how the year 2000 just seemed iconic yeah and the future and jetpacks and robots and scary too though because of yeah. like the virus and whatnot not the virus that we're dealing with now no. but a whole other thing but i remember like it's almost funny to we're gonna be the old man maybe we already are but we're gonna be the old man telling people about like oh you know in 1999 we all thought everything was gonna reset and it was gonna like destroy all the computers and stuff and then it was this huge selling point for so long and then it just happened and then it was just over and people are like oh, yeah i guess we didn't die yeah and it was so anticlimactic kind of and i wonder i bet you there was people full-on emptying out the grocery store and, <laughs> yeah like commando stuff yeah you know? and then kind of the morning of january 1 2000 came along and was just like oh nope everything's cool yeah it was like that take shelter movie you know <laughs> yeah everybody's like oh it's happening it's happening but then i mean no spoilers i yeah. guess but anyways ultimately nothing happened but that's so weird and that was just before i moved to ottawa there's like two years i guess before i moved to ottawa it really seems like in all the stuff we've lost over the years man remember that <laughs> it was just, and it seems so comical now with the pandemic and everything that actually oh, happened yeah and now i had to switch over the stamps because i worked for andrew two days in a row oh man because andrew you're working sick. for him finally after all these years of yeah. the other way around and i had this grand master scheme that never works when you're the owner of a small business of <laughs> i had myself with no shifts no reason to come to the mayfair except to watch movies Wait, don't do you do the schedule yeah so <laughs> like somehow i managed to find myself with no shifts it's well, like that jerk josh took away all but my but that's shifts. exactly it but then there's sometimes where people get sick or people are out of town for a day or, or like people... crazy busy booking or yeah something like. so i usually have to kind of backup goalie myself where mm-hmm. if i'm working it means a bunch of other people couldn't so andrew got sick so i had to work a couple days and it was on a day where i flipped over our annual stamps for the memberships to january 2024 oh wait a minute because if you buy a membership oh, right, okay. at the mayfair it's i thought you blew that year. one i was like no 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 giving them a free full year yeah. extra but it just feels so weird that we have stamps. I don't even know what this stamp goes to. Maybe it's all the, huh. the 20s, I guess. goes up to 2029, maybe. Th- that's something that you don't think about. It's every, what, I don't even know, 10, 20, 30 years or whatever. You're like, ah, geez, we should have invested in a bigger stamp. Yeah, I think it happened in 2019, I guess, where we're like, oh, we need to buy a new stamp. And it's interesting to think that somebody out there makes these decade-long stamps for pretty small percentage of the business yeah. world like it's who is it it's people like us and i don't know libraries don't use stamps anymore huh, like, yeah i guess not that's funny because there is a planned obsolescence in a way because they're not just giving you the longest year of all time yeah, <laughs> yeah years of all time you know so where do you even buy those do we have a stamp place it's just one of those places where you buy business stuff not the place that does trophies no i bet you we could get from them but i'm pretty sure we just get our stamps from the same place you buy staplers and stuff Mm. like that interesting i think they have enough small businesses who still make use but it's going to come to a point where you think where they're going to be like no these are all digital 
Well, and it's almost like physical media in a way. You're like, yeah. is it going to get to a point? I mean, it's not nearly as fun as physical media, but you know, is it going to get to a point where they're like, all right, there's only 10 of you buying these. We're not doing this anymore. It's so funny you mentioned that. So I reposted an article from 613 Ottawa. What okay. is it called? 613. So Not, not it, the flea one that you love. No, not the flea market. Yeah. So they just wrote a little article about the Bytown and the Mayfair. Oh, right. Yeah. I saw you, you post that. About how we're hanging in there and mm -hmm. streaming was in the title of the article and it just shows you i didn't respond i just let it go but i wanted to respond guys this is why people hate the internet so because of the word streaming somebody commented and said nicely whether it's a movie or an album i prefer going to a theater or buying the album versus streaming mm -hmm. and gave some reasons and then somebody replied about why they disagreed with that. <laughs> and then somebody replied why they disagree with oh that. My God. All different people just going in on this? I believe it was only three, maybe okay. more. But I'm pretty sure it was three people who did not read the article <laughs> and just wanted to argue about whether it's better to buy a vinyl album or a CD or whatever. And I was going to respond. Oh and then boy. I just let it go. Uh. I just let it go. And I think it kind of petered off. But it's like, guys, this is why people hate Facebook. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, when I when I listen to a new vinyl album, I like to take it to the Mayfair Theater yeah. for some reason. It was Apartment 613, I think. Like, Apartment 613, yes. Apt 613, which is apt, I suppose, but not really. Yeah. So it was a nice little article and just chatted with me and one of the fellas okay. at the Bytown. So was I was wondering about that, if you were interviewed for it or not, or if it just happened to be involving us. I did say, which I hope they weren't, you can't trust an article online or a real article because sometimes mistakes are made and they made the tiny mistake uh -oh. of saying this is the first time the mayfair has screened rocky horror since the pandemic and uh. i replied and i'm curious if it'll get a little like there was an error in this article <laughs> i said no oh, thanks very much but just so you know we did screen rocky horror last year or now two years ago with non-participation and that right. also went very well so so this is the first shadow cast since yes that. all they had to do was say that all yeah. they had to do was put in that little word it's these but... technicalities that people who don't get it no aspersions uh you know to them but well, like... i'll never forget when you hear about big celebrities or like say like i was misquoted or whatever or the frustration <laughs> some people have with wikipedia i think it was scott ackerman on comedy bang bang really big comedy podcast and there's some misquotes on his Wikipedia, but they are from sourced newspaper or magazine articles. Mm -hmm. So Wikipedia takes them as fact, even though the human being goes, no, that's not right. And they go, well, <laughs> it was in this. So I was interviewed ages back and the person came to my apartment and it's the <laughs> smallest thing. But they were talking about how I had, this was pre-Gwen. This is the good old days what? of- bachelorhood how long what is this like 40 years ago this is like 40 years ago <laughs> he brought his typewriter yeah like, this is insane they mentioned that i think it might have been when i was organizing a uh, a horror film festival oh that josh sounds great I, yeah i didn't, I didn't I, meet that guy it's so much work but i did a few <laughs> years of short film horror festivals in ottawa called killer 63 okay i've seen the posters i mean i was in ottawa at the time but i didn't yeah no offense but i didn't actually come to your no, film festival. well they were super fun and a festival like this you make your money back because it's the old thing of like you're showing a dozen local films yeah so a dozen groups of friends <laughs> and a dozen groups of parents are going to come yeah those chumps gotta come out yeah. and see that <laughs> and then along with just regular good old horror fans so mm. but it's so much work so i haven't done it in a long time never say never but they came to my place and they mentioned that 
on my fridge was a big poster of the Joker. What they they're looking around your apartment now? Yeah, I guess they were just, just like saying like, like here's this yourself. nerd who did Look this, at this thing. Guy's stuff. <laughs> there was not a poster of the Joker on my fridge. What? There was a framed picture of the Joker on the wall. What? what so a that's weird... just a small example of a real journalist just randomly got this weird fact. So they didn't get some big fact wrong. They didn't say my name wrong. They didn't say I was doing it at a different theater. They yeah. didn't get the title of the festival wrong. But they got that one little thing wrong. And that shows you how you can't really trust stuff like that, you know? Yeah, I wonder. I guess it's just like they had the loose details correct. You yeah. You had the Joker. You had a fridge. That part was true. That's true. But like, that's such a specific thing like that your brain would remember it in that way that you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. He had that thing on the fr-. like Because that's probably a pretty big picture, I would think. Yeah, like a poster-sized image. And... <laughs> Also, you see the human error where this happened twice last week when I was working. Both were nice. Both didn't get mad at me. But one came in and I forget what they said. I think they walked in and were like, one for whale, please. What? (laughs) And the movie we were screening, say it was Banshees, was already halfway through. Like say they were walking in at five to four and we started the movie at three or whatever. So I just was taken back just for a second and I went for whale. And they said, yeah. And I was like, well, we're not screening the whale yet. And she said, oh, well, it says so on your website. And she looked at her phone and right away looked at me and apologized and said, I looked at the Bytown. And I was like, yeah, it happens. So they were going to miss their movie. But that person looked at her phone, left her house, got all the way here and was at a very other side of town, wrong cinema. The other thing is someone came in and said, whatever movie it was. And it was a weird time that we never show movies. We're pretty much on the quarter hour. Like it's. 3.45, 445, 4, 4.15, 6.30, 6.45. So somebody came in and was like, they're walking in at a weird time to come see Banshees. And they were like, isn't there a 6.55 show? And I said, no, it started at 6.30. And they looked at their phone and they had looked at Google. So just like the main page. And I told them, I said, Google is wrong so often. Like we don't submit to Google. That's some robot just (laughs) taking a newspaper listing or our listings and getting a six and putting an eight by mistake or getting a three and putting a five by mistake. (laughs) So that's two examples recently where I'm just like, look at the website. I fret over the website. I make sure I triple check that I don't put the wrong times on there. So yeah, in some ways we submit to Google, but that's a whole other like philosophical sense. And uh, yeah, it was the cinema clock before, right? That used to, Oh my God. I want to say screw us, but really it never did it to us. It was other people that I don't know. They're just too trusting of the internet. (laughs) I don't even understand the, business model i guess cinema clock just makes money off of selling banner ads yeah it has to be but even still weren't people just like googling it and not actually going to the site that was my understanding this is like yeah. you just google i don't know mayfair time or something and it's that, so yeah, weird. It's, it never that's countless times you know where we, people yeah. would do it in front of us because they didn't believe us even though we're telling them and and we're clearly yeah. not showing the movie <laughs> like what, there's no need to lie about it you know so i don't know but it is satisfying to see someone so cocksure about it and be like well i'll show you and then they look it up right and then they're like just a second and they're like trying to make yeah. sense of it uh, yeah i guess i guess i was wrong yeah. and it's it's the line in the sand of good person bad person because a good person <laughs> timidly apologizes or slinks away or slinks away and then the bad person just keeps like kind of backpedaling about why they're right but (laughs) cinema clock was funny because it was all often it would be understandable mistakes Mm -hmm. but i distinctly remember they screwed up the room and room yeah 
And then I don't know if you remember this, but we somehow got a hold of the Spider-Man TV movie. Oh man! From like nineteen seventy-six or seven. That's insane. But on a thirty-five millimeter print, so we screened that, but obviously advertised it as the Spider-Man TV movie, (laughs) and they advertised it as Sam Raimi Spider-Man. Yeah. And a couple people showed up to that and got a pleasant surprise. It was like. I love Sam Raimi Spider-Man, but this is even cooler than that. Yeah, so, well, and you will not see it again ever, or anywhere yeah. else, you know. So, so they would mess up stuff like that all the time, and just like weird stuff. Like if we were screening RoboCop, they would put the synopsis and the poster for the remake of RoboCop. Yeah, nobody's ever going to screen that again. No, <laughs> like, no offense. And I heard you know, as remakes go, it wasn't unwatchable. But I also don't think I'll ever watch it. No, that's exactly it. I watched it and was like, that was good, yeah. but I don't own the Blu-ray and I'm not going to watch it every every Christmas. Yeah. Wasn't that Antoine Fuqua too? It was like someone was somebody, noteworthy like, where I was like... And Sam okay. Jackson was in it and Michael Keaton was in it. Yeah. It wasn't terrible, but it was just a movie. It was just kind of like, yeah. But it's not the kind of thing that would ever show back up again at a rep house. Yeah, well, it's the same with Total Recall remake. We love yeah. Colin Farrell. We'll always show his stuff. And we love Total Recall, obviously. But it's yeah. like, you know, and again, I think that's another one where people didn't seem to hate it. No, it was just, it was good. But it just came and went. And I mean, I'm kind of like that with like, you know, the Friday 13th remake or, I mean, most of those remakes, I'm kind of like, oh yeah, that, that was fine. I mean. Did so- you like Fright Night? Uh, the remake? I really I, I liked it. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, Colin Farrell. I don't know how we Colin keep Farrell, going David Tennant. I like that and, one a lot. Anton Yelchin in one of his yeah, final poor roles. Anton. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. I'd, and that one has a cult following as well as remakes go. You know? Same with like Texas Chainsaw. That's another one. People, A lot of people like that one. I just saw a tweet from some nerd that I like making New Year's confessions. And one was that he really liked the latest Texas Chainsaw. Oh man, same. Like, <laughs> I, like, I loved too. it. Yeah, like that's one of those things where I'm like, well, we haven't come around on that yet. When I see all these year end lists and stuff, and it's like that and Halloween ends. And there was like three that I really liked, and they're on the. Uh, it's oh, it's fun to like to hate these, you know, like, and I'm, I'm just like, oh yeah, we're, it was like, like Last Jedi a little bit, where I'm like, right. oh yeah, we're still in that where we have to pretend this really was the worst movie ever, and then in five, ten years or whatever, I'm gonna be validated. You're you'll be validated by all these people who are like, oh wait a minute, those were actually fun, and I didn't. Oh, Hellraiser was the other one. Some people, most people did like it, but there were some where we're just like, oh, terrible, unwatchable, and I'm just like. Have you seen any of these movies? <laughs> yeah. Like, I just can't. Literally, any like Halloween Ends, Chainsaw, and Hellraiser. If you're going to tell me any of those were the worst of the franchise, please walk away now. Yeah, if they remade or made a sequel to Casablanca and it was just Alan Smithy, <laughs> terrible, bad, oh. people would have a right to kind of point out that they remade a classic. But I always say that with all love and due respect, and it's so hard to make a movie, and I mm-hmm. bear no ill will to the franchises... But you look at the Hellraisers and the Halloweens and the Freddies and the Jasons. It's not like each one was a five-star masterpiece. Yeah. These are kind of horror films, you know? Yeah, so. they're watchable in varying degrees, you know? So, But no, I think we were really like, we had a good year for movies and especially Holy horror cow. movies. Yeah. Like, like, that's, I mean, you're, it's... You could really say every year is a good year for movies. I mean, you, just, you have to dig harder yeah. sometimes. But specifically for horror movies this year, what a year. I wonder if there was something psychological about us coming out of the true horror. Humans <laughs> are kind of good with horse blinders of like, yeah. and we're soldiering on. But, you know, COVID was really bad. Yeah. And I wonder if there's something artistic of we've had so many really great horror films that were either finished up or completely filmed. 
post or during pandemic stuff, mm-hmm. or I should say post the peak of pandemic stuff, yeah. since we still have it, since I still know people who have it as we speak. But yeah, I wonder if there's something about that where history will look back and be like, on the heels of this great tragedy, the pop culture community responded with these really great horror films. Yeah, for sure. And it was interesting. Like, I just watched Glass Onion was my first 2023 movie. I tried to save a couple of well-reviewed ones to start the year off and be like, oh, I'm on a roll of only good movies. And then I'll watch the first B movie or something like that. And so we watched that and it was interesting because they lightly dealt with masks and kind of the pandemic just for a couple of minutes there. Yeah. And it's one of those things where you're sort of like, I mean, that was perfect. It acknowledged it without sort of making it a thing. But for a lot of horror movies, especially, you know, it's escapism. And, like, I don't really want to watch pandemic-related, mask-related, whatever stuff. Not because I'm pretending none of this happened or isn't still happening. But just, like, specifically for me, horror movies are escapism. I'm not trying to watch... They, they have... There is some pandemic stuff, horror movie-related stuff, and, and it works. But just for me, I'm like, okay, this I'm kind of doing this to not think about that and kind of make it a different thing. But it is interesting, like in years to come, you know, the ones that have dealt with it or sort of are pretending that it didn't exist, but just are almost like, are they deliberately going out of their way to not present that element of it? You know, whether or not you want to say it's a period piece based in 2019 or prior, however they want to do it, it's going to be interesting to see how that comes to pass. Yeah, we screened a really nice little documentary called The Automat, which was right in my wheelhouse. It was all about these old New York City and other cities, but New York City restaurants where you would go in and they just have a wall of little doors Mm -hmm. and you put in your nickel and you get a pie and you put in your nickel and you get your soup. And it was all about how it was a phenomenon and it was huge and people would go all the time and it was just a great successful business and then it eventually went away. So in there, it had... Mel Brooks was one of the people interviewed and he sang a song about the automat. So (laughs) in the movie, you see kind of the behind the scenes of him recording this song. And there's a small orchestra, say like 15 or 20 people, and they're all in masks. So the piano player, the the violinist, the stand-up bass player, they're all in masks. And that's an interesting thing because the movie is about the past, but it was filmed in around now and that they did the little epilogue musical number in whatever, 2020, I guess, 2021. So people 20, 30, 50 years from now, if they catch this movie, this, this, what say like they're watching it as a classic documentary about (laughs) an even more classic of times, they're going to see musicians in masks. So that's a real going to be a telling thing of just when you see camera operators behind the scenes footage. Mm-hmm. I even notice it watching talk shows. The host might not be in a mask, but say for a bit, like some prop gets delivered to Colbert's table. The crew member will be in a mask. Yeah. So you still see how it's just creeping around pop culture still. Yeah, well, I saw a bit with him and Fauci going to get shots. Oh, and, yeah. And, and then, yeah, and like all the people in the pharmacy had masks on. They didn't, which some people were critical about, but I'm, I'm assuming it was very carefully filmed. They weren't just like yeah. being jerks, you know, like, <laughs> but I mean, you know, visually it was interesting to see like every, well, pretty much everyone they passed was in masks and you were like, oh yeah, all right. They're going to get shot. So it made sense, but you know. Yeah. And I think if you get COVID, but then you're better and you're coming back to work, People want you to wear a mask for a couple days still. Mm -hmm. Because I noticed his drummer had a mask on for a couple days. So I think that might have been that, where he got it 
got time off for a while, then came back, but he still wore at work kind of thing. Hmm, so yeah, so there's stuff like that. But but yeah, so it is it is interesting times for movies and pop culture. Of I remember recently, what was it? Drive My Car had masks in it. Um, the worst person in the world had masks in it. So there are fictional movies that still have it like that or pearl yeah had it interestingly where it had it but for a hundred years ago yeah that was really interesting i thought that that was one of the more uh, clever elements that they worked in there so let us talk about movies that we are screening this week the week our first i was gonna say first year 2023 week i love it so first up this week we are bringing back after sun for an encore week of screenings a full week seven days of screenings for it wow I like it when we bring movies back because I can actually really comment on them because the flaw with our podcast is often I don't like knowing too much about the movies because I like to be surprised. And it's not because we're lazy or we're trying not to do research. (laughs) It's just it's more fun to hear about this for the first time from you right now. Yeah, yeah. So After Sun is a highly acclaimed simple premise, a young girl and her young dad on a little bit of a summer vacation. So it's just a simple little character piece, but has some heavy moments but is also very funny the kid is very endearing and we see her present day a little bit as well so it's kind of one of those stories about how we how we remember the past how kids deal with parents and i thought it had really good moments of you know when you're a kid you think that grown-ups know what's going on and then you <laughs> yeah. become a grown-up and you're like none of us know what's going on yeah so it had a lot of that in there and i think it's really one of these big indie movies that might sneak into one some of the uh, the mainstream award season stuff yeah, I, I thought that this movie was about the sun is going to burn out and it's the last day on Earth or something like that. No. Nothing about what you said <laughs> implied that, but I was like, after the sun, what could that be about? I don't know why my brain always goes to post-apocalyptic. It but, always uh, goes to horror. Yeah, it's not this. Then we have The Eternal Daughter starring mm. Tilda Swinton, oh. who is... I don't know. I just trust her. She's yeah. always good. No, no. Yeah, that's it's one of those ones where you're like, Colin Farrell's getting there, too. Like, where you're like, okay, well, he's in this. It's probably pretty good. And this is an A24 movie oh. with a really cool poster. And it's one of those ones where the word I hate, maybe just as much as graphic novel, <laughs> Uh-oh. but it's elevated. I knew, it. I knew you were going to say it. <laughs> well, oh. But he did hand gestures, so it yeah, was different I'm, the way Josh just did I'm, it. I'm being real sarcastic. Yeah. And <laughs> I even pointed out this poster when you yeah. posted it. Yeah, because it, it almost reminded me of those old don't look now kind of thing something like that you know like these kind of cool not specifically horror but thriller horror kind of spooky yeah and and it's just kind of a small version of the poster so i didn't have a lot to go on but i was like oh man i'm very intrigued by whatever this is yeah and the pitch is that it is a woman returning to a hotel haunted by a mysterious past Mm. she and her elderly mother confront long buried secrets in their former family home all right so it's not like texas chainsaw well long buried oh yeah could be a corpse it's probably not i think yeah but i think it's some kind of murder mystery death related something so it could be a corpse but it's not it's, it's spookifying but i don't think there's like monsters in it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it looks good. It looks really good. I like the poster. I like that it's only 90-ish minutes. Mm-hmm. Really, Tilda Swinton, when she does a movie, I'm like, yep. This is like her stir of echoes, maybe. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> I'm getting the hype train started. Yeah. Then a film called Holy Spider, which looks oh. really good. A journalist descends into Madness? the dark 
underbelly of an Iranian city. And maybe madness. And it's a serial killer journalist kind of movie. Wait a minute. The journalist is a serial killer? No, no, sorry. The journalist is looking into a series of serial killings. (laughs) I might have jumped ahead of the twist there, too. We don't even know. But it is a female-led story. All right. So it has that in it as well. Everywhere is horrible for women. Right. As a middle-aged white guy, yeah. I say that. Being killed is terrible for <laughs> terrible women these days. Everywhere. But it looks like a really cool murder mystery with the added drama of it being set in Iran hmm. with a strong female lead. All right. And so the normal trouble she has to go through in everyday life while she is also in the trenches of this murder mystery. Damn. It looks really good. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. And it won Best Actress at the Cannes Film Festival and was nominated for the Palme d'Or. Jeez. Yeah. That's the big one. So those are our three new films this week. Then we have a Oscar-winning cornerstone classic with Midnight Cowboy. Oh, classic. Which won for Best Picture Director and Screenplay. This is one of those movies that is so interesting to watch today because you watch it today, and not to say that it is tame because it's still very, like, 1970s New York and there's sex, drugs, rock and roll yeah. and our two lead characters are not in a good place in their lives. <laughs> it's dark and it's it's heavy. But it was rated X at the time. Notoriously, it won Best Picture. But you watch it now and you're like, really? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. And, I've, and I don't actually think I've seen the whole movie. I always get it confused with, I think, Rhinestone Cowboy or something like... Very different. So Yeah, just totally, totally different. I don't think I've actually sat down... It's crossed my mind many times, and like, because I think we've played it before too in the yeah. last twenty years, you know, since yeah, I've yeah. been here, and I just never gotten around to it. I don't know. Is, is this one with Matt Dillon? No, this is or... uh, Dustin Hoffman. And okay, John and John Boyd. Boyd. Okay, yeah, and they both got nominated for Oscars, and it's so funny to see that because nowadays they're more savvy, and they would have pushed one for a supporting actor, mm-hmm. even though they're both the lead, because you kind of cancel each other out when two people are both nominated for best actor. I think it splits the vote a bit too much, and then somebody else sneaks in and wins yeah and i i thought one of them actually did win they were were they, they were both up for the oscar they're both yeah. nominated okay. yeah for some reason in my head i thought john voight won but uh i think they might have won something else or he might have won the golden globe or something like that yeah yeah john voight didn't actually win an oscar until anaconda later I in 97 so. <laughs> oh anaconda yes what a good movie it's funny you mentioned that i have a, a dear friend in vancouver and saw her right in the before times visiting the west coast and she was like, do you remember when you dragged me to Anaconda? And I was like, yes, I do. Man. And I was pitching it to her at the time of how they don't make monster movies anymore. And this is really cool. And there's some cool people in it. And we were in film school at the time. So it was even worse that I dragged her to this movie. It's a fond memory of seeing this terrible movie. I took a first date to that. Oh, wow. That was, there weren't a lot of options. It was a small town theater. But, I mean, we she wanted to see it. I mean. Oh. And it's, I don't know, what a cast. I mean, it's not really a good movie. It's but. so weird. And it's right in the heels of that era of straight-to-video sequels and stuff. Yeah. There's at least two. Well, dude, there's at least four. Oh, my God. Pretty sure five, because they did do a Lake Placid versus Anaconda. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, I think that's the fourth one, or the fifth but one. you can't <laughs> trademark Anaconda, right? Like, I don't... It's I not canonical. don't really know. It's an animal. Yeah, and I mean, the second one had more of a budget. Not more of a budget than the first one, but more than the third one. So, I just, But not going to lie, I didn't see any of them. I didn't see Blood Orchid <laughs> or whatever they all were, but... You know, it's a good cast, though. I love that. That's how we talk about Midnight Cowboy. I know. And, and also, it was Drugstore Cowboy I was thinking oh, of. That's, that's the Matt Dillon one. That's yeah. A, 
I always, those two, every cowboy movie, apparently, I just confuse. But yeah, those in particular, I'm like, okay, one has Matt Dillon, one has John Voight. They're not both in both. And it is not to undersell them, but yeah, somebody did comment, not in a bad way, but just like, oh, this movie's heavy or this movie's depressing. And you're like, yeah, it is. It's as you listen to this, we will have just finished screening EO, which I'm so dumb. Like, remember we watched that really heavy movie about a missing kid and the parents and they're kind of brainwashed by these nice people and it ends up that they're human trafficking children. Yeah. And you got really mad because the character- Oh, speak no evil. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was- uh, And I keep seeing a lot of people talking about how good that was and I'm like, it's one of those ones where you're like, (laughs) okay, I know that it did exactly what it was set out to do and it was good in that way, but also I never want to see it again and it makes me viscerally angry. Yeah, you were so upset. So I could watch that- (sighs) And go like, ooh, I'm disturbed and upset, but move on with my life. But I can't watch EO because I think bad things happen to a donkey in it. You think they do. (laughs) You're pretty sure. I just can't. So stuff like Midnight Cowboy, stuff like Drugstore Cowboy, it is. They're a heavy watch, but there's sometimes where I come see a movie where I'm like, oh, I got to take a knee. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. No, you needed to watch most of the stuff. Well, I guess After Sun is a bit lighter. I was going to say most of the stuff that we're showing is either like psychological or down, you know. Well, tonight, Gwen and I are going to watch She Said. At least She Said, which is, again, about how horrible the world is to women. But at least it has a, this is no spoiler, at least it has a little bit of a good ending that they got the monster and he's in jail now. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, so it is. It's Movies are funny like that, right? Where it's just like, on one hand, we're playing a movie like Midnight Cowboy, and then our other retro movie this week is Vim! Exclamation point. Man, I still can't even... And you told me about this a week or two ago that we were going to be getting it, and I kind of forgot. And then just like, man, I love that poster, and I love that the fact that it's, like you just said, nothing like anything else we're playing. (laughs) And it is not a poorly reviewed film Mm -hmm. i found three or four and whether this close i publish them as well because it's like yeah that's that's still 3.5 out of four stars Mm -hmm. i think i found four 3.5 out of four star reviews and when a 1950s giant ant movie is getting (laughs) reviews like that and a a lot of them are just basically saying the same thing of like this is shockingly good like the (laughs) the actors are good and the effects it was nominated way back when for best special effects i should look up i don't know what won for best special effects in 1954 yeah that's not a lot of effects movies no when was war of the worlds like that was a bit around that time right like i don't think it was that same year but pretty close and that they did it a lot of it with practical they i think they said they built three giant ants so a lot of it isn't miniatures a okay. lot of it is big old ants so <laughs> oh god i wish you know i had fun with lee's movie yeah. but my ultimate would have been if i could have been the off-screen ant guy who's just oh, like god. gesturing at someone with a big ant. yeah you know there's a couple of grips in baseball caps smoking cigarettes and someone's yelling at him like jim shake the ant more and they're just kind of shaking the ant it doesn't look real <laughs> yeah that makes sense so a lot of people say this is the cornerstone giant fill in the blank movie of that era because yeah. we went through these weird eras in horror. If you classify this as horror, it's kind of sci-fi, I guess. Yeah. But there was the Universal Monsters and then there was Godzilla and this kind of ties into that where it was the atomic age. It was a bomb goes off and something bad happens. That, wasn't that the same year, Godzilla 54? Oh god, was it? Yeah. I so it's so. right in that wheelhouse of the fear of science Mm -hmm. and then a couple decades later it was slasher films and scary ghost stories yeah and that was just five years before psycho as well or like six years you know like so yeah it's so much fun to watch these movies at the mayfair they look so good 
we just screened a John Wayne Western called Three Godfathers, which I missed because I admit I'm not the biggest John Wayne fan. Lee was thrilled, though. Oh, I bet. yeah, he was going on for quite a while <laughs> about that. But did it ever look good? I worked one of the shifts, so I just poked my nose in to make sure it was moving along okay. And it looked good. It sounded great. And so watching something like them, it's super fun. And this doesn't happen often. I don't think we've screened this for a very long time. I can't remember it ever being on screen before. No, I mean, it's very much a Mayfair movie, but yeah, I can't think of all the stuff that we have shown. And there's been some gems, Food of the Gods type stuff. I mean, it's all, it's very similar. Like, it's funny to see how they come up with why these giant things are happening, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, it's yeah. always some hilarious thing, you know? I don't, I'm not sure I've ever actually seen all of this. Like, I think it might've been on Saturday Night the Movies back in the day, but I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it's one of those movies I don't think I've seen it either. And it might be one of those ones where it's, I'll find out when I watch it. Cause I'm going to watch this. We screened Barbarella a little while back and I was 100% sure that I'd seen Barbarella. And about 20 minutes into the movie, I'm like, I haven't seen this movie, but I had seen it on lists of best sci-fi films. I've seen it on documentaries about movies. I've seen the trailer. I've seen Jane Fonda talk about it. So it was just, falsely in my brain that I had seen the whole movie and I think them might be the same because I've seen it on so many lists of sci-fi films or documentaries about retro horror that yeah I'm pretty sure I haven't seen it so that's an extra reason to come check it out and it uh, was defeated by 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea oh in 1954 that's so pretty cool 1953 was War of the Worlds so literally the year right before after. and that won the Oscar for special effects so it got beat by a giant squid yeah, like, I mean, pretty cool. Like, yeah, if yeah, you're going to yeah. lose to something, then not bad. And then the year after, uh, 56 was Forbidden Planet. So there was, like, some real cool stuff wow, coming up. what a run. Yeah, right? I often think about how I joke, what a time to be alive, because we're just in this golden age of comic book movies and comic book TV shows and Star Wars stuff and Planet of the Apes movies. But then I think, uh, I guess if I was alive in the 50s, I would just have been really excited about these movies and reading DC comics and all that kind of stuff. So Yeah, like, I can only imagine Lil Joshi the same year like <laughs> them and Godzilla coming out yeah that's bonkers and then say if I was like a teen when all the Planet of the Apes movies came out yeah I still would have been excited god those this would have been such a great cinema in the 50s like oh all I that can't stuff. imagine Man. oh can you imagine coming here and watching the run of Planet of the Apes as first run <laughs> movies and it's basically the movie matinee that's what I picture this pretty much would have been like yeah know? yeah Ah, oh, that would be great. Yeah. I would waste a time travel machine. <laughs> I mean, like, you can just watch this at the Mayfair in 2023. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. He could have killed Hitler. It's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I'd really like to watch them at the Mayfair. You're like, okay. They were giving away plates that day. Oh, man. We really missed out. Uh, okay, so let's wrap things up for our first 2023 pod. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you had an excellent holiday season, which I think is wrapped up now. Yeah, I don't know. it seems like. I have no idea what day it is. I feel, I'm glad today is a Tuesday, which is when we usually do this, because I feel like it's been Sunday for about seven days. Yeah, yeah. It still kind of does feel that way, but you know, we'll, be, we'll be fine. Yeah. Check out MayfairTheater.ca for all the upcoming showtimes. We just announced some fun stuff like a dog and cat film festival, Ooh. Friday the 13th, part five, oh, huge. Assault on Precinct 13, and of course, Eric starring in Enter the Drag Dragon. It's happening. I can't even believe that that's <laughs> three weeks or something or late, less when you hear this. I don't know how yeah, that works. Yeah. But yeah, no, we'll be prattling on about that for the next three weeks. For sure. 
Okay, happy new year, everybody, and we'll see you soon at the Mayfair for awesome movies. Bye. Bye. Oh, man, and now we're also in the month where there's a new Cage movie, pretty sure. Yeah. Although he did three, so I don't know which it's going to be, but now I can start uh, hassling Lee for the first time this year. <laughs> Everybody's talking uh, I would say it was one of the best I've seen this year. All right, if you'd like that type of picture. First movie in a long time that moved me enough to just get on the verge of tears. Whatever you hear about Midnight Cowboy is true. Parts of it are grotesque. Fabulous. Frightening. It started to depress me. Terribly contemporary. Whatever you hear about Midnight Cowboy is true. All that I expected it to be. Morbid, filthy. I thought it was tremendous. Touching. Disgusting. I thought it was terrific and I'm really not in shape to talk about it right now. Dustin Hoffman. He's grown up since The Graduate. John Voight. He is something else. Midnight Cowboy. In color from United Artists. Entertainment from Transamerica Corporation. It's so real. I thought it was very pitiful. Tremendous. I'm using all these adjectives but they are that good. Everybody's talking. This picture has been rated X.